In Luke chapter 1, it says, and nothing is impossible with God. My hope and my, my desire more than anything else is that this morning, you would experience the peace and the presence of God and the power of God in your life today. Uh, it's good to have you here. You may be seated. If all of you would find uh, a yellow communication card, it would be helpful today. Hey, and thanks for getting up uh, and showing up this morning. Uh, this is probably, there's two Sundays that... Uh, are not among my favorites. One is December 31st or whatever is the Sunday right after Christmas, whatever that one is. And then uh, Spring Forward, that is a tough Sunday for people to be out. And so thank you so much for being here. On your yellow communication card, uh, guests, if you would take time to fill that out, but all of us uh, are going to be using this. Uh, we are a church who believes that God is a God of the, of the impossible and so your prayer requests matter to us, and we have a group of people that pray specifically for God to meet your needs. The driving verse we're going to use this week for everyone is Psalm 4211, and here's what it says. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? So feel free to write down on your prayer request on the back of the card, uh, of the communication card, what it is that you might be discouraged about or why your heart is so sad or there's complexity in your life. And we're going to pray that God meets that needs. The God is the God of impossible, of impossible, that he would meet that need. But here's where we're going to take it a, a step further this time. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. And here's he nails it, says, my Savior and my God. And so we're going to pray, not only does God meet your needs, but you take it a step further and that you would put your hope in God, not in other people, not in circumstances to change, which uh, is where most of us tend to live our lives. And says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise him again. And my savior, my focus, my focal savior will be Christ, my God, because we're all preaching some kind of a uh, of, of a theology to ourselves. We're either preaching one that produces fear or faith. And both those cannot cohabitate, by the way. Fear and faith do not live together. And so you are either focused on one or the other. And so our prayer is that you would be one who says your theology is one who, I'll put my hope in God, I will praise him again. You have a theology of God is distant or God is nearby. And so we're praying that you will experience the presence of God in, in a huge way. Let me pray for us and then we'll step right into our talk this morning. Father, I pray that you will be the God who meets all of our needs this week. And when temptation is for us to put uh, our hope in, in things to change around us or for someone else to change so we can feel better about ourselves, God, I pray that our hope would be in you and in you alone. And I pray you would meet the needs of every person who made the effort to be here today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to see you this morning. We are in the midst of talking about where is New Cove headed uh, over the next particular, this next particular season. For 35 years, what has been driving New Cove has been we care about people who don't know Jesus and that we would do whatever it takes to reach the unconvinced, those who do not know Jesus Christ, and lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ and to help develop them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For 35 years we've been at that, and that is not changing. We're just putting the pedal even further down to say that people matter. The tendency, and what we're all finding, is that we're all just so stinking busy. 
and we are surrounded by people who are overcommitted and under-resourced, and so spiritual pursuit has moved to the back burner, not because they just don't care about it. It's just no room for spiritual things. And so at New Cov, we're going to say, not on our watch, that's not going to happen. In fact, here's our, our take on it. The more secularized and post-Christian our culture becomes, the more our church's heart must be to, to enlarge for others around us. We're going to be a church where we pray that our hearts would be enlarged for, the, for, for people who don't, know yet, who don't know Jesus yet. And so the tendency, though, is for us to get lazy uh, or overcommitted, and so we become kind of uh, immune to the needs around us. And I want to talk about and remind us why it's so important that people have a genuine faith. And so here's what we're doing. Driven by God's heart, we're going to remove obstacles that keep them from embracing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about some of those things over the next several weeks. What does it look like for New Cove to, to re-embrace where we've been over the last 35 years. Let me also quickly say that when I mention the word church, I'm talking to those of us in this room who are followers of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want you to say, well, good for you guys to do that. When we talk about church, it's the called out ones, those who uh, give their life to Jesus Christ. So as we talk about the gathering, certainly the, church, the, the big church, but wherever we go, we do represent Jesus Christ and our hearts need to be enlarged for the people that God has put around us. Will you take your bulletin and look at page 3? There was a paragraph that I've written in there on page 3 that I want you to live with this week. And it says, We must not underestimate the significance of where God has us today. God has assembled us for such a time as this. God has us. God has you God has me exactly where He wants us, where He wants you. Don't underestimate where God has you right now. We'll talk about this in just a moment. God wants to do something here and now in and through you. And the last 35 years for New Cove as a whole, uh, God didn't bring us this far to leave us where we are. And so our renewed emphasis in reaching people who who don't know Jesus Christ yet and helping to develop them to become followers of Christ, we're just saying it's got to be, we have to be white hot in our, in our desire to reach people for Jesus Christ. So uh, if you were not here last week, I want you to take a screenshot of this next slide because this is what I want our prayer to be every single day before you even get out of bed. I want you to pray this prayer. Each one of us must ask, how would Jesus want me to live my life given my DNA, how would Jesus want me to live my life given my vocation? How would Jesus want me to live my life give, even given my weaknesses? How would Jesus want me to live my life given my origin? How would Jesus want me to live my life given this current stage of my life? Or given the training that I have? How would Jesus want me to leverage the training I have? How would Jesus want me to leverage the influence I have? How would Jesus want me to leverage the affluence that I have given the fact that he has me here for exactly this particular reason? God has given us a mandate to to embrace. And so we're going to be relentless in pursuing three things 
And you're going to hear this over and over and over again, and we'll talk through them over the next several weeks. But we are going to be relentless in pursuing genuine faith, authentic relationships, and meaningful impact. You will hear this over and over and over again. And so today what I want to talk about is what is genuine faith? Because everyone has faith of some kind. But I want us to look at what genuine faith is. There are a couple of passages I want us to wrestle with this morning. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This idea of him knowing us and giving us this this job that he has for us. Let me take us to another passage, Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. I want you to look at that verse. I'll give you a moment to reread it to yourself. And then I want to ask some questions while you look at the verse. Have you stopped to think about the fact that you, individually, that you are a part of an eternal plan? Seriously, think about this. Your existence did not begin at conception. Prepare to be blown away. Your existence didn't begin at conception. In fact, you began in the mind of God before the foundation of of the earth. Meditate on that. If I had a microphone, I'd drop it. I mean, this is huge news. And the evil one does not want you to know this. He wants you to think that your life does not matter. This season doesn't matter. You've already spent, spent your season. It's time to coast. Listen, your life is just getting where God wants it to be right now. And he's going to leverage all the things up to this point to take you to a new level. And God has a The one who created the universe has a plan for every single person in this room. How about this? 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10, the message paraphrase says, But you are the chosen ones, chosen by God. Here it is. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. What is the job of the priest? It's to point people to God, to represent God to others. Chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work. He's speaking about every follower of Jesus Christ, that you are God's instrument to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. You and I are part of this brilliant plan that God has put together and he has placed you exactly where he wants you, in the very neighborhood where he wants you, in the very business he wants you, in the very classroom he has you, in the very home you're in. God has you exactly where he wants you and it's his brilliant plan to have you where he wants you to be able to point people to Jesus Christ. God's heart was to choose you before the foundation of the world, before he knew you. And before he even made you. What an honor. What an honor that the New Cuff family has to be chosen as a part of God's eternal plan for the church. And so we have one of our callings is to do everything we can to point people to genuine faith in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about 
Why is genuine faith even needed? Why would we say there are three things and one of the major, major things is for people to come to know uh, Jesus Christ through genuine faith? Why? Because your biggest need, my biggest need, the biggest need of every single person that you come in contact with, their biggest need is to know Jesus Christ personally. And why is this the case? Let me remind you of why our calling is so big. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned. And fall short of what God wants. Every single person that you come in contact with, all of us have sinned. Some of us sin more than others, but we've all sinned. And so God has put us around other people who desperately need Jesus. Sin has created this unnatural, horrible distance between us and the people, and we were not designed to live independently. We were not designed to live independently. And so Jesus comes as the only possible answer to this question that we've all sinned. We've were separated from God. In fact, Jesus put it this way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to God except through genuine faith Alone, Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now think about this, because we are surrounded by people who think there are numerous ways to come to know God. And so God has His love for us and His love for all people. He delays His coming so that wherever we are, we can share the love of Christ for people to come to know Jesus Christ. I love the way that uh, Paul Tripp put it this way. Dr. Tripp said, The coming of Jesus preached the truth about our condition. We were in a state of impending doom without any ability to rescue ourselves. So God sent Jesus as the ultimate physical reminder of the depth of our need. Yes, it's true. Jesus is the truth of God. So that means we have two options. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, we have two options. One is we can believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and that there's no other way to get, uh, to, get to heaven except through him, and say that culture is wrong. Or we can say Jesus was mistaken. Jesus was wrong, and there are numerous ways to get to heaven. But what we know is that the Bible so specifically says that genuine faith is in Christ alone, and it's not by trying to work our way to, to do more good than bad. In fact, Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us not because of all the good things we've done, but because of His mercy. So here's what is so important for us to refresh our desire to share Jesus we need to realize that every person who does not know Jesus Christ, if they die without him, they will spend eternity separated from him. And they, we're, what we're saying in the New Covenant is not on our watch. Not on our watch, not on my watch. I want to do everything I can to live my life in such a way to say, well, how would Jesus want me to live my life given where he has me in my neighborhood? 
in the places that I go with the four or five friends that I know who are not followers of Christ that I'm in relationship with, that I would point them to Jesus Christ because Jesus said he is the only way. So let's talk about the enemy's attack at this point. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Or put another way, you can put it this way, be a First Peter 5.8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What Satan doesn't want you to know is that he hates you. And he hates the fact that you have, living within you, the Spirit of God. That wherever you go, you represent God to others. You are this, what the Bible calls the holy priesthood. Simply, we're just God's representative wherever we go. And he wants you to keep your mouth shut. He wants you to be so overcommitted and under-resourced, you don't have time to be interrupted to have conversation with people about what's going on in their life so that you have access to share Jesus with them. He does not want you to share your faith. In fact, here's one way it was put. The greatest way Satan can attack is by convincing you that you are the center of the universe and that God's role is to be your 24-7 cosmic consultant or personal genie, according to Chris Brown. What a thing. How Can you realize that when we, even as followers of Christ, when we begin to think that we're the center of the universe and we look at everything through how does that affect me, that God's role is to be my cosmic consultant or my personal genie, do you realize what, how small your world becomes? And God has called us to be people of faith, that we put our hope and trust in Christ and, we, and that we embrace God's call on the church to be out and about, Matthew uh, 28, that wherever we go, we represent Christ and point people to Jesus Christ. You see, every time you and I take our life into our own hands, we are functioning, actually functioning in just denying the existence of God because we're going, I don't care what God says, I'll do what I want, when I want, however much I want. And so we become just practicing atheists, so to speak. And yet, the call of the church is not to be self-consumed. It's to be consumed with the heart of God. And at the heart of God, that he changes me so that I care deep enough to enter into the lives of other people, messy people. And to be interrupted. Because people need to know Jesus Christ, and I want them to have an eternity with Jesus. So, the Bible's so clear about what genuine faith is. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord or boss, leader, the center, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there's no difference between Jew, Gentile, the same Lord is Lord of all, and he richly blesses all who call him for Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so the job of New Cove, the job for you and me, is to enter into relationship with people so that we have opportunity to point them to say, if you'll just confess that Jesus Christ is, is Lord, that you enter into relationship with them so that you have the chips to be able to, to lead them and understand their need for Jesus Christ. 
In fact, it says in verse 14, how then can they call on someone that they've not believed in? How can they believe in one have they not heard? How can they hear without someone telling them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who take the name of Jesus. And so the goal of New Cove, one of the things we do is we say genuine faith has got to be a driver for us, that we create environments where genuine faith is experienced. I like the way Dan Stone put it. He said, the only way God can get me to let go of my private salvation project, isn't that good? The only way God can get me to let go of my private salvation project is through death to myself as my point of reference. Jesus becomes my only point of reference. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the point of reference for salvation. I'm the point of reference for your needs. And we live in a culture that's so busy and that is, there are hundreds of points of reference. And we want to enter into their lives to point them to Jesus Christ. Look at the bottom of your uh, bulletin on page 3. This is a prayer that we leave in every single week, and we lead people for, to pray a prayer where Jesus would be the point of reference, where we'd say, Jesus, right now, I choose to trust you with all my life. I've tra- tried to make life work apart from you, different points of references. I've tried to make life work apart from you, and it's not working. My life is full of sin, self-centeredness, and I can't do enough to get, uh, I can't do enough to get a moan. I admit that because of my sin, I need help. So here I am. I'll lay my past. I'll lay my present. I'll lay my future wide open before you. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for paying the full balance of my shortcomings. By dying on the cross and rising from the grave, I trust you with my life. You see, New Cove's got to be a place where people are seen and known and loved and heard. And when I say New Cove, I mean I need to create environments with, a, with my concentric circle of relationships and with your concentric circle of relationships wherever God has you that each of us create environments where people feel seen, where they feel known, where they feel heard, cared about, and life spoken into them so that they will at some point come to a point of saying, Jesus, I need you. That we would leverage, again, coming back to that prayer that I want us to pray every single day. God, what would, how would you have me live my life today given the appointments that I have, given the opportunities that I have, given the situations that I'm facing? How would you want me to live my life? Genuine faith has got to drive us. And as I think about genuine faith, I think what we've got to do is make clear pathways, and the best way to say it, let's just call them next steps, that we make it so simple for people to have experienced genuine faith, which is life centered around Jesus Christ, genuine faith. So let me just throw out some examples uh, here. First of all, the first way I'd say is we, we do it through Sunday morning worship. It's just so much better when we're committed to engaging passionate worship. I can tell you one thing. I worship so much better with the church family on Sundays than I do Monday morning at my house. Uh, One, Karen refuses to play the drums while I sing. (laughs) 
And she sure didn't ask me to. Because I, I don't know the difference between two and four and one and three and clapping. But there's something about it when we all come together because it's just a bunch of messy people coming together to say, you know what, I need Jesus. It just makes a difference. Sunday morning worship. And again, I realize, I, folks, I, I realize, I mean, you look at, at a, a tennis today, just wow, how one hour can make a difference. People are just, it's just difficult. And so, yes, our, we're going to do online streaming. We'll talk about that later. Uh, to make it more, more easy, easily acceptable for people to be able to come, if they miss out, to be able to co- come, uh, come in and worship with us. But there's something about the whole church family coming together, and it makes a difference. I'm so much of a more engaged person when I'm engaged in worship with the rest of you. Another next step is just consistent reading and applying the Scriptures, reading the Bible. Every week, we encourage you to get into God's Word. We always, on page 4, always have a, a Bible app reading that we're doing all together. And here's, here's what I really love, and I appreciate this from, uh, from Francis Chan, uh, Chan. He said this, The stories in Scripture are meant to show us that there exists something of greater value than our existence and our rights. And if you notice that when you quit reading scriptures consistently, how self-centered you become and how easily you're offended. But when you get into scripture, someone says something to you that bothers you and you get into scripture and the Bible says that we're to be quick to forgive. We're supposed to, to move closer to people, that we do everything we can to be at peace with one another. That if you're offended, you go and talk to, oh, great, another verse telling me to go tell somebody that I need to get right with them. Scripture helps us to become Christ-centric and Christ-centered. That's why we provide numerous Bible studies all the time saying, if you just get into God's Word, it will make a difference. Another step that you're going to see consistently, and we're just putting, uh, putting the pedal to the metal on this one, New Cub Small Groups. Can you, can you serve Jesus without being in a small group? Absolutely, but there's just something about being in a small group. We're all together, and we're encouraging one another, and we're, we're helping each other, and we're just investing in the lives of one another and keeping each other on track. But that's a next step for us to say we want as many people as possible to be in small groups. Another next step is New Cove Women, led by women who are on fire for Jesus to come alongside women and for women to encourage women to say you need your hope needs to be in Jesus and not in other people and not in other things. And that's what's going to happen on the worship night on the 25th or somewhere in March 26th. Thank you for my prompt where we say, you matter, and women matter, and, and so we pull together with that. And the same thing with New Cub men, that's another step for us. We had a group of five men who took off and went to uh, Colorado for, uh, for some investing in one another and being at a conference and the comeback, and I can't get them to stop talking. And it's because God has gotten a hold of their hearts and said, here's what I learned, and here's what I learned, and here's what I learned. And it's because men come together and invest in one another because we understand what each of us are going through. How about this, another next step? Whatever we can to help New Cove uh, students to be alive and well. Hey, when I look at our students surrounded by the most amazing people ever, at 9.30, they, you've got the most amazing young adults investing their lives in people, young students who matter. And on Wednesday nights, I just walk around with my mouth wide open of going, 
that guy's amazing, that woman's amazing, that woman's amazing, and they're investing in our students, and I think, who wouldn't want their students to be involved in that? And the same thing happens in New Cup children who are invested by incredible people who love Jesus. And if you don't believe it's not happening down there, let me tell you what happened. And this morning I said I couldn't share this because of HIPAA law. I didn't mean HIPAA law, New Cub law. So I can't tell you because of privacy on a, on a prayer card. But anyway, so I got a, we all got a prayer request from last week from a seven-year-old child. This seven-year-old little girl writes and says, Please pray for, and she fills in the name, who does not know Jesus, and I want him to know Jesus. And I'm thinking, yeah, a seven-year-old child cares about the eternity of one of her friends. And I think that is what we're talking about at New Cup, that we have a heart for genuine faith, that we place people in situations where they come in contact with us so that they can know about the love of Jesus Christ. And it's happening as people invest in Discovery Land and in crew. It's happening because these, in fact, I saw this young lady uh, on Wednesday night at High Five and said, you have no idea how encouraging it was for me to read this, uh, your prayer request. And she said, well, I, this guy needs to know Jesus. And I'm thinking, a seven-year-old, may New Cub be like seven-year-olds in that arena. Genuine faith. Genuine faith matters because people are so given to putting their faith in other things or other people. And genuine faith is in Christ and Christ alone. And so my, my response to you would be, your response would be, well, count me in. Why would you not want to be a part of a group of people who are called by God from a very special call of God from eternity, but before eternity even started, he called us and said, I'm going to put you exactly where you can share Jesus with the people around you. Count me in on that. I'm going to be in it. And we're calling on New Cup to say, we want to live our lives in such a way that genuine faith is evident to the people around us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I want to thank you for the seven-year-old who knows that you love her and you love people and you gave your life for people who sin. And I pray that we would have a heart for the people you put around us. God, may we not be egomyopic. May we be Christ-centric. May we have genuine faith and faith in you alone. Father, count me in for that, and I pray that the New Cup family will re-engage and that we will do everything we can to, to create environments where genuine faith is talked about and embraced. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give our offerings in just a moment. You can drop your prayer request card in. Uh, if you say, count me in, that comes to me, and I get a chance to have the privilege of praying for you uh, every day this week. And so uh, we'd encourage you to do that. If you're a guest, all we ask is you drop the guest card in. New Cub takes care of the offerings. We are a church who gives liberally and gives with great attitude, and that great attitude is shown by doing this. Let's give our offerings.